What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Gold to Goat podcast. Uh, we are so excited. Our our podcast is launched, y'all. It is like officially out there. We are going to start getting some social media content. We're going to start putting some videos out there. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, uh, you can find us, Gold to Goat. Um, so we are officially excited for our fur po- first podcast that we're actually out there. Our, we do have a fur podcast as well. Yeah, yeah, we have that one as well. Anyway, how, how y'all doing? Y'all having a good week? Yeah, man, it's been pretty slow. I haven't been working much this week, so benefits of salary and seasonal work, so that's been pretty nice. Church was good tonight, so that was it's always a good thing. So it's it's been a good week, man. We're getting ready to go on vacation this weekend, so just trying to keep busy till then. For sure. I see you rocking the, the Dansby jersey. The Dansby jersey. Just got it in yesterday, bro. I was really torn between Dansby and Saya. And I ended up going Dansby. So Dansby's gonna end up being a he's gonna be a cut for the rest of his career. Call I right hope now. so, man. We've had so we many guys that I, Right. We had so many guys. Well, Chris Bryan, I understand his production went down so much, but hopefully, you know, Dansby stays healthy. I think KB yeah. if KB didn't have all the injuries, I think we'd have a different conversation. But for sure. Anyways. Anyways, Jalen, how are you doing, sir? You guys, I'm so good. Did anybody see Kansas's Kansas Jayhawks jerseys on Saturday? I did not. If you haven't seen, no. them, you should look them up. Looked like rec league jerseys. Really? Yeah, they were, they, were, they were horrible. I'm good. I'm just watching the Kansas Texas Tech game right now. So. Oh, that's why I was like, that's a pretty random. Yeah, that's a random thing there. Strange pull there. Anyways, I, I just go look them up if you didn't. They're playing yeah. right now. Yeah, they are. They're on, they're on ESPN with Texas Tech. It's got to be late in that game, right? No, yeah, it's like ten minutes left. Well, I mean, there's a quarter that's, left. That's relatively late in the game. Okay, but I'm good. I've been working right. this week, unlike somebody. Yeah, bro, so, yeah. getting paid to stay home. Beautiful thing. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Well, we were preparing for this podcast today. I sent out kind of our outline like this morning, and then things just started happening. ESPN, the headlines just started started filling up. So started we got dropping, bro. Yeah, sports we got world, sports world went off. Not uh not a ton of like major headlines, but a lot of things we're just gonna kinda hit on pretty quick. Um we'll, pretty we'll quick with... is the quick. key word, Jordan. Yeah, quick. Sorry. Quick. Yeah. Big opinions. Big opinions. Jordan's gonna here. interrupt over there. Listen, and... we would go a lot faster <laughs> if you would just agree with me, okay? Never. <laughs> Let's be real. Never. Jay makes this podcast so much more interesting because he has some of the worst takes I've ever heard. Right, dude, because we Brock started we started this and we were like, this is too boring. We need somebody who's dumb. Yeah. Let's call Jalen. Yeah. And and we brought him on. So all right. So we'll just kind of go. Uh we'll start with the Bulls. Obviously, Lonzo is out for the season. Um, we talked about that a little bit last time. I think his hopefully his career's not over, but I mean, man, you gotta get that figured out. Um today we released Goran Dragic um after not really doing much. I think he averaged like six and three playing like 15 minutes a game so not major news um zach levine passed derrick rose for 10th in all-time scoring in chicago still doesn't make him better that one's a bittersweet one i mean you know 
got to give Zach Levine his flowers. I mean, he's D, D Rose would have been so much higher on that list. Oh yeah, he did it in not he did it in what D four Rose. seasons? Like I mean, prime D Rose man. D Rose would have would have been the second greatest bowl ever, and would have brought sure. a championship right. And second for greatest sure. for a Chicago Bowl is not something to see. Not too at. shabby, right? But we'll give Zach Levine his flowers. I mean, he's obviously a you know he's an all star. He's a he's a great player. Um, so we'll you know we'll give him his flowers for that. Um, I did have a I did have an interesting stat here for you guys. I want to see what you thought about this. Since January first, the Chicago Bulls have the number one defensive rating in the NBA. No That's way. Just, yes, for for sure. And the reason Always is they, so bad. They are so bad because they can't score either. Like they can keep you from scoring, but they just cannot score themselves. I mean. This team can play good defense when everybody's healthy. Um, part of that is like AC kind of coming back and being a little bit healthier. Patrick Williams playing great defense as always. DeMar DeRozan missed some time, so that's obviously going to help your defensive numbers. Uh, so, I mean, there's there's a lot to go into it, but they can't score. That's the bottom line. They cannot score, and they keep waiting on Kobe White to be good, and he's not. So that's a problem. Yeah. Anyways, that's my soapbox. For sure. Um, I, I just thought that was a really interesting stat. Um, I think they're ahead of, I think the next team was the Bucks. So we're only a generational talent and Chris Middleton away from being a championship <laughs> contender. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be interested to see, and we can probably look this up where, like where they would fall across the whole entire season. Like, they, like, they, like they've been number one since January. Like I'd wonder like, are they like There's, in the top five for the season? Like I they wonder, like, still got to be top five to seven, I would think. Which is shocking. Yeah. Like I'd be, and I, with that, I'd be interested to see like, has there ever been a team that's been top five in defensive rating that like hasn't made the playoffs? Like I'd be interested to see like what those metrics are to see how historically bad our offense is because it yeah. is historically bad. Every Tom Thibodeau team ever. <laughs> yeah, but they could score. That this. They could score. They they knew like that team in the in the two in the twenty tens. Yeah. Like they had their challenges. Honestly, like if it wasn't for LeBron, that team would have won the East many times. Like that's true. Like generational they, talents kept I mean it's it's the same right. in the nineties with Jordan. It's the reason the Knicks didn't go to the the finals all the time is because it like it's it the, the same thing, just the reverse happened to us. Yeah. Like they had a closer in Derrick Rose on that team. This team doesn't have. This team doesn't have a starter. No, this they team, don't have. That's like this goal, team is like, one of the worst go teams in the league. Thirty points tonight games. and win this game and score and 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 become a bucket. Like we don't. Yeah. Like Zach Levine's inconsistent. DeRozan can hit the jump shot, but like one of the greatest mid range shooters in the game. Whoopty But it doesn't translate anymore. Correct. That's, Correct. Does, as much as I love mid range and it's a lost art in the NBA, it really is. It just doesn't translate anymore. And I'm not, know. I'm not an analytics guy, but I mean, like, you know, if you're taking contested 15 footers, I'd rather just swing it out and take the, take the three. Yeah. Not with our shooters. Well, well, and I'm not an analytics guy, but we're trading twos and threes. I mean, listen, DeMar DeRozan has a better chance of scoring three points from the elbow than Derek Jones has from behind a three point line. But that's what I'm saying. This Bulls team isn't built to win. 
No, you don't have. That's what you I'm don't have. Too. You don't have scorers, and then your number one scorer is a, a mid range shooter. We, right. We I also think we also that, can't overlook the fact, not to get on this soapbox. We also cannot overlook the fact that Billy Donovan has stayed way past his welcome. Oh my goodness! Get him out of here, bro. This He's dude, gone. like, I'm. I gotta understand. This team is not set up to win. Like, they don't have wing shooters. They don't have. They they don't have great offensive players, but like, you you give, I don't even know. I'm like, you hire Quinn Snyder, he, mm-hmm. this team makes the playoffs, no doubt in my mind. This right. team makes playoffs. Like he turned a Jazz franchise that was garbage into a perennial sounds like a strong word, but like a consistent four or five seed in the West yeah. mm-hmm. for four or five years in in a difficult West. Yeah. Yeah. Going back kind of on the Billy Donovan trail, OKC, I mean, Mark, I don't even know how to say his name. Dignolt, the the coach for OKC. I have no idea. The only He's thing done, I know about OKC is 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 shy. Dude, they're they're a good team. I, I don't watch them that much, but looking at where they're at in the West, I mean, like with their team, he's done a really good job. Uh, they are hold on this dude they got here. some talent they really do they got some young guys that just don't know and chet isn't even playing this year that dude is right yeah but chet i mean i i'm not a believer in chet i'm sorry i just He'll be good. I, I never have been He'll i be think good. he's i think he's a, a decent basketball player. it's not that i don't think he has the skill set i just you your body you can't be that tall and that thin and compete at the highest level in the NBA. So to me, it's like, who have we seen do that? Kevin Durant. So unless he's Kevin Durant, which <laughs> you don't really know, then. Well, I mean, you're, you can't. Right. Well, who's another skull? A skull. No, I, I understand. <laughs> like, like, skull. Bro, I like, I get, I, I get it, but like, we're, I'm we're, just saying, we're comparing this dude to, Potentially, I'm not saying Kevin Durant is the greatest scorer in the history of the NBA. Potentially, one of the greatest scorers in the NBA. Like, absolutely. But what I'm like saying apples is apples and oranges here. Yes, but not in the sense of body type. What I'm saying is having a guy that that is that tall and that skinny. Who is it that? It, who Who else in the NBA history has been that good at that weight and and height? Who? No, that's one hundred percent. I mean, that's that's true. I I, I see I see where you I see where you're I'm talking. I'm not saying that Chet can't be good. I'm I'm highlighting Kevin Durant's greatness. Like, he's that good. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of guys that that can be that good. And even Kevin Durant got bigger as he got into the NBA. Yeah. Maybe Chet does that. But speaking of Kevin Durant, tomorrow night he makes his debut in Phoenix. Yeah, Jalen thinks they're gonna win win it all. And honestly, I have not been more excited to watch an NBA game in a long time. This, I'm this, I'm so ready to see this Phoenix team. This Phoenix team, I know I'm going to get some slander for this, but I firmly believe this. No, never mind. I, I can't say that. Yeah, that's what I thought. This Phoenix team can't play defense. I'd put this Phoenix team Stop. offensive firepower. Stop. You know what I'm about to say? I don't know. I'm just. I'm worried. 
I'm worried that you're going to say something really dumb right now. Offensive firepower. I would potentially put this team in the same category as Kevin Durant and the Golden State Warriors. No. (laughs) Just not. No. I knew I'd get slander for this one. I'd put them below. They might be in the category, but I'd put them below. They're different. They're, They're way different. If they all stick together... If Kevin Durant well, can stay healthy for more than two weeks. They're just different. Which is the big if. That's a, that's a huge if. That Golden State team was gnarly. That was unbelievable. That's That team is ridiculous. I don't know that there's ever been a team in the league ever that could compete with that team offensively. That's Cleveland yeah. Cavaliers. 2016, baby. Not offensively. I mean, they, they won that series, but you wouldn't – Dare I'm, say no, that I'm, I'm just playing. You know? I, I agree with that. I agree with that statement. I mean, I just think that's a different. I mean, when you're comparing them to those guys, that's a different level. You know, it just those I, teams. Were I am. So ex- good. I am excited to see, to see, KD and the Suns play tomorrow. I'm a. I'm a big fan of the trade. I. I think in the long game, though, I think them giving up Michael Bridges is a big. Yep. And Cam that's Johnson. what I'm saying. They I'm a huge defense. Cam Johnson fan. They they, right. they gave up their defensive stoppers. They gave up their their ability to switch at all levels. They don't have Crowder there anymore. They gave up a lot. Uh, so I think the long haul, I think it's gonna hit them. I th- I mean, but but again, I mean, thinking back to 2016 Chicago Cubs, like we gave up a lot to win a championship when we yeah. when we when we got right. Chapman. So like if 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 the and, Suns win the championship. Maybe that's worth, worth it. it to them. Right. We have we haven't seen them get over the hump with the team that they had constructed, right. and they right. had right. you know they had made the playoffs you know several years in a row and you know even made a finals run. But right, but they were only like super competitive in one year. There was only right. one year where you thought that they could win the finals. Right. So but I Chris think Chris Paul is aging. That's the dynamic I'm looking forward to seeing is because to me Chris Paul is is one of the greatest floor generals ever. Yeah. And just the way he, he runs an offense and getting other guys involved and stuff. I'm really interested to see what that dynamic is because Kevin Durant, as great as he is, demands the ball, you know. Yeah. So I wonder if this is going to limit, you know, uh, Chris Paul's value to this team. Yeah. Because you want the ball in Chris Paul's hands in, in clutch moments because he's going to make the right play. But you don't necessarily want Chris Paul taking the last shot. You know, you want that right. to be KD. Right. But I think I'm a huge Devin Booker fan. I think he's a tremendous offensive player. I think those two, I would put Kevin Durant and Devin Booker as the probably the best scoring duo in the NBA right now. Yeah. Without even ever seeing without even seeing them play. I feel like Luca and Kyrie might take no. them a run for the money. Get out of here. Where's- You're telling me right now you would take Luca, Luca, hey bro, I'm I'm not saying the Mavs are gonna go, like they don't have enough, but that backcourt and the reality, like they they gave up too much. Like Kyrie's not gonna resign in Dallas. Like I don't even want to get into that garbage, but like he he loves it there. They they look good, bro. Bro, check they this. Look good. Kyrie, Kyrie is gonna sign in Phoenix next year. Nah, he's going to LA. We all know that. He's going to LA. He's going. To let's Phoenix, let's keep it moving. Uh. We got the news today. Lamelo is officially out for the season. Something in those 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 balls. I heard. Moments. I heard Leangelo is out for the season too. I heard Lavar is out for the season. Like the Shanghai Knights or what? 
they're has just. Le- has Leandro ever been in? Well, there's that. Last yeah, thing we'll talk about UCLA. Yeah. Last thing we'll talk about NBA related. <laughs> I I read an article today that the NBA is floating around the idea of implementing a target score for overtime game next overtime games next. That's the year. dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's what I said. I, I've never heard of anything dumber. I mean, I, I know what they're trying to do in the All-Star game by having that target score. They're trying to make it a little bit more interesting, but I, I don't think that's a regular season solution. No. I, that To me, that's just you're, – you're trying to solve a problem that's not even – That's not there. Existent. I, I hate this – I don't want to call it an infatuation because you, I mean, you really only see it. And I mean, you see it quite a bit. This, this concept of overtime rules and extra inning rules and overtime periods in hockey and like all of these things, like they're different rules in the regular season than they are in the playoffs. Like, I hate that concept. Why are we changing? Why are we changing the rules? I'm a fan of like all like a lot of the the new MLB rules. I think the runner on second base is stupid, dumb. I, I don't hate, really, I don't really I, mind that for baseball. I hate how we like change it when the playoffs come. Like if we if we truly want to be like act like like Heidi always says, if there's a basketball game on, she's like, "Why are you watching this? You don't need to watch it to like the last three minutes because that's when they actually play hard." Like that's the perception that people have who don't watch sports. And and it's true. Like we like we, we don't take regular season games seriously, and then we push everything to the. I don't know. I I just like, I hate this concept of let's change them from the regular season and go into yeah. the playoffs with a different format. Like that's. I will say I will say the NFL needed a change to their overtime rules. Mm-hmm. I think only allowing one quarterback to be able to touch the ball in overtime messed up a lot. Right. Of of one hundred percent. The fact. So, the, the but fact I, I do hear, I do hear what you're saying though. Like there is like. I mean, it goes back to the old cliche, like, don't fix it if it ain't broken. There's nothing wrong with the overtime rules in an NBA game. Like, there's nothing Agreed. wrong with it. Nothing. And the, the biggest problem in Aren't the NBA... five-minute periods? They're five yes. minutes. The, the biggest problem in the NBA right now is not overtime. It's load management. The fact that you have superstars sitting out so much. And the fact that you still need to find a way to help them load manage is absolutely ridiculous to me. You got guys that are sitting out 10, 12, 15 games a season. Yeah. Just a rest. I mean, you got you got a guy out in LA that's set out a season and a half in the name of load management like Yeah. I, I was and just I, say, and I get Kawhi it. Why hasn't an injury, but still it's Kawhi like, hasn't played more than 60 games in a season since he was with the Spurs. Wild. That Which wild. I didn't I mean that, I, that was 2018. Yeah, that's why. Like it's been five years since he played sixty games in a year. And Which, Kawhi, Kawhi's had some knee stuff, but still, I mean, I just think some of these guys sitting out, and I understand it. You know, you got vets. Not every game matters. You should be able to rest your guys at some point. But I just think trying to manipulate overtime—it's just all gimmicky. Like, yeah, it, when sports gets gimmicky, it takes away, to me, the true, genuine aspect. Of the game, yeah. And I don't even know how you. I haven't read that rule. I don't even know how that would would go into effect. You know, if it's like, what are we gonna play to first one to fifteen? Like, are we talking like we're going out 
in the street and just like we're talking like, like 21 playing. ones and twos right like take what it. is like what would that even here. look like yeah. you know are we going to turn it into a three-on-three tournament in overtime we're actually going to turn the court into a, a backyard alleyway chain linked hoop right that's slanted Concrete and it's actually it's actually nine five you know it's um, not even actually 10 foot which talking about load management you know being being in minnesota i you know i see the timberwolves play often big fan of anthony edwards I don't know if you saw what he said about load management at the all-star break, talking about how like he loved what he said, loved it. You know, these people come to see like might only have enough money to come to one game. And like, they want to see all-star like, I appreciate that. Um, I wish other people had that philosophy. I mean, that's... And I know, I know not everybody's going to get it and not everybody's going to care that way. And I get that, you know, I don't mind guys sitting out every once in a while. But to me, it's like, why are you trying to give these guys more of yeah. an out? You know, yeah. like, managing a five-minute overtime is ridiculous. I mean, yeah, and it's not sure. like this – and it's not a coincidence that this comes after you just had a game that was, like, finished in the 160s after a two overtimes, you know? like Which was a great game, by the way. Which was a great game. Like, you're when you, when you manipulate sports this way, you are robbing us from games. Like, you are robbing us from those moments – do you guys remember that college basketball game several years ago? Six OTs. Uh, six OTs, man. Or like the Illinois Penn State football game from a couple seasons ago. Oh, yeah. That was seven or eight, something like that, o- overtimes. When you manipulate the games, it's just you're robbing fans of amazing moments and memories. Like we remember I feel those like games. That Illinois forever. Penn State game was like 19 to 17. Like that's a bad example. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But you understand what I'm saying. Like it's those, it's, as a fan, I understand what you're saying. As though. a fan, you live for those moments where your team has a chance to do it, right? Your team yeah. has a chance to to finish it off. And and even in that game where Illinois and Penn State, which was a poor game of execution in those overtimes, you you look at that and you're like, for the hour that you were watching overtime, you were locked in as a sports oh, yeah. fan. I was you watching were, that game with Ohio State fans, and they were locked in. I was like, right. I can't remember the last time Ohio, Ohio State fans were watching an Illinois game. Yeah, you get a, you get a, an update from Bleacher Report that's like, they're going into the fourth OT, and everybody that can grabs their phone or grabs yeah. their you know device and, and checks, and it starts following that game, and everybody knows. When you start manipulating this stuff to get it over faster just because – it's an inconvenience to you or you're worried you're going to pretend to worry about player safety. You're just making it too gimmicky and you're robbing yep. fans of cool moments. So just stop. Yeah. Just stop and just let the game happen. This is a perfect segue. I was about to say, let's talk about it, baby. Perfect segue <laughs> to the MLB pitch clock. We've been in spring training for less than a week, like literally four days. And we've seen, uh, I think it was one game. Was there, was there another game that it ended? Or was it two games? It was just, just one. one. Just the Boston that, game that I saw. That ended on a called third strike because of a pitch clock violation because the batter didn't get in the box quick enough. Worst, worst thing in sports. And my mind, as I was watching this replay, my mind instantly went to, like, what if you have a team coming down, like, at the end of the regular season that, like, they need every win – and Manny Machado gets in the box and he's redoing his gloves real quick. And all of a sudden, oh, game's over. They missed the playoffs. Like, yeah. like, I mean, that's just 
here's here's okay. To me, it's like I'll say this before I start. I like the concept of the pitch clock. I actually like the pitch clock. I think the punishment for a violation is dumb. Well, what would it be? I think you should have a warning each at bat. That's dumb. Why? Instead of instead of you. Okay, so you're up there in that boss. You know how many you're... warnings the umpire is going to give every single game? Absolutely. Every but single the... at bat, he's giving at least one warning. And then you get one warning, and then it's, you're done. You're cooked. Like next time, it's a strike. To me, it's just like, or you change it for like the seventh inning. But to me, that's just manipulating the game again, because you can't. I think it's dumb when you change rules in the middle of games or you, you know, change it from regular season to postseason. To me, I just don't like the idea that a game that is meaningful could end in a guy just trying to take an extra breath, you know, before he steps into the box. And you're, to me, you're ruining the quality of the game without flexibility. If you don't allow guys flexibility, like in those big moments, okay, when the bases are loaded in the ninth inning, I don't want my pitcher thinking, oh, God, I got two seconds left. I just don't. That ruins the game. To me, and it's whatever. I understand you want to move the game along, but and maybe these pitchers adapt. Maybe this is all nothing by the middle of the season. This doesn't really matter because all these guys are adjusted to it and it's whatever. But they're only shortening the game by an average of 20 to 25 minutes. Only. Only. That's a lot and I say, of time. I say only because the person that's not watching baseball isn't going to change their mind and start watching baseball because it's 20 minutes less. But listen, 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 listen. We just talked about how, like, we're robbing fans of the experience. You realize we're not robbing fans of any experience, right? We're robbing them of watching the batter walk around the umpire and click the dirt off of his cleats. And no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Stepping off the mound and fixing his belt and picking up the rosin bag and then fixing his hat and then rubbing up the ball and then putting it in his glove and getting in his position and then stepping off the mound again. Like, like we're not robbing the fans of any, of anything. We're literally, I, giving, I'm not, like, I'm not fighting not, you. It, this is not bad for the game. I think, I think it will, it will happen. This is just the reality. It will happen. And it might not be a meaningful game. It might not be the end of the year. It will happen in the regular season where a game ends because of the pitch clock. That's just the reality. That's okay. the penalty. Let me of ask you th- let me ask you this then. Let me ask you. You know the expectation. Listen. As the let batter. Let me ask you this question. Hold on. Hold on. As the batter, as the pitcher, you are going in with clear expectations. I'm sorry. You are making millions of dollars to throw the ball Within 30 seconds after you receive it. That's not true. That's not the that's not the clock. It's not 30 at, seconds. After the pitcher gets the ball back it's from 15. the catcher. No, it's, it's not. 15 seconds. Yes, it is, Jalen. No, it's, it's 30. Not. It's 30 in between at bats. It is 30 yes, in between at bats. No, it's it not. is 15 seconds from the time the pitcher gets the ball 
to when he has to release it. Look it up right now. I, I look am dumb on this right podcast now. in front of everybody. I'm looking it up right now. 15 seconds with nobody on base, and it goes to 20 seconds with when there's base runners. The batter has to be in the box and engaged with the pitcher at eight seconds. So the batter has seven seconds between taking a swing or fouling something oh, off right. and right. getting back right. in the box. Thank you. And it's 30 seconds in between at-bats, and I think it's like two and a half minutes between innings. I'm not against the concept of a pitch clock speeding the game up. What I am against is the possible consequences that could take place. Like, if you're in the question I was going to ask, the Cubs are in Game 7 of the World Series. And I know this, this is, is crazy. This is, a, this is a stupid question. This is a stupid question. But it, but what if it happens? Because we just said it could it could possibly happen. It's 3-2 three, three, count, bottom of the ninth inning. You're, you're, our guy's up to bat. Just like in the Red Sox game. Are the bases are loaded and it's a yep. tie game. And the bottom Bases of the ninth, loaded, like, tie game, bottom like of the in ninth. In the backyard playing Little League, like – yeah, it's what not going to happen. Let me ask you this. <laughs> Let me ask you this question ever. What what happens if there's a rule violate a clock rule violation in that moment? Does MLB make that call? They have to. Is that not robbing everybody of something? Because a guy didn't look at the pitcher two seconds sooner. It it is, but this is the reality. I, I'm sorry. You are making millions of dollars millions of dollars to get in the box within seven seconds you have devoted your life to playing this game if you cannot step out of the box and do whatever you need to do and step for good for goodness sakes little league has a pitch clock it's not like as like there's a clock in the outfield but like you can't even step out of the box in the little like like we're asking eleven and twelve year olds to do the exact same thing that we're asking grown men to do, making millions of dollars. It's the same concept. I under, again, I understand. I get like, what I get. And I get not what you're a saying. clock happening. If you watch the Little League World Series, the umpire literally says, "Often, get in the box. Don't step out of the box." Like. They are 10, 11, 12-year-old kids. I understand. I understand. I'm and not against you. And we're holding them to the standard. Why can we not hold Manny Machado to the same standard? I'm not against you in, in the idea of a pitch clock. I completely agree. Feels like you're yes. against. I'm not. I've said I'm not against you, and I've said my reasoning is not that I'm against the pitch clock. I'm against the severe consequence of the pitch clock. I think that... Most of these guys are trying to, to follow the spirit of the rule and get in the box and 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 start the game. And the pitchers, if you've watched any of spring training, they're trying to get the ball. They're trying to go, like, almost too fast sometimes. And I think most of these guys are really trying to do it. To me, I think it's a little bit silly that the initial reaction is, boom, you get a strike or you get a ball. I just think... That's it's just something about it that's not I, I don't know if pure, not pure is the right word right words but it's just like it feels to me like you're it's ruining something it's ruining a certain aspect of the game this is not slow pitch church softball where we go into the box and start one one to me it's like yes they are major leaders yes they are getting paid millions of dollars yes they should be able to get in the box that's why I think 
you can make this rule and say, listen, you get a warning. Your first A, B, you get a warning. If you're doing this again, second time through the order, it's a strike. You know, got, but guys should get warnings to me. There's warnings in every other every other aspect of sports. There's warnings. There's bench warnings for guys talking too much. They're not immediately ejected from the game. They're sideline. They're sideline being warnings. ejected from the game. <laughs> there's sideline warnings in football. Guys aren't automatically getting flags in football because their their guys ran on back the field. To, maybe we should go back to not wearing helmets, not wearing gloves. <laughs> back in 1935, we had MLB was its purest it's ever been. It's it's dictating outcomes. How is it not? Stop. Even 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 being <laughs> listen, even being a, a guy, maybe you get into account and you're you know, you started O two and you're fighting back. You're fighting off foul balls and you, you work a good at bat and it's three two and you're a second late. Umpire throws his hands up, calls time, is like, you're out. That's dumb to me. The fact that an umpire can it's call somebody out. That grown men can't follow a rule. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. As professional <laughs> I just think athletes. The cons- I just think the consequence is stupid. Thank as you, professional Rick. athletes, they ahead, should Rick. be able to get in the box. However. Thank you. However. Warning. Warnings haven't worked thus far. How many times have we seen it where an umpire says, hey, get in the box. But yes, there's no but- penalty. There's no penalty for it, so they because can't really do no, anything. There was no real penalty in place, though. They weren't saying if you right, say so, to somebody so, you are going to get a strike, and they know they are going to get a strike. Right. So what I, what I think we're saying is it's different. If it comes down to it, they may have to make this call. But what they're saying right now is, until you guys get in the box, we're gonna call it. Hopefully, when it comes to the playoffs or late in the regular season, we don't have to make the call because now you know we are gonna enforce this. But so that's now, what I'm saying when they do though. Or when they don't, what happens if Major League Baseball doesn't? Well, they're going to. What I'm saying is this forces guys to get in the box. This forces pitchers to be ready to throw the ball because they know that it's going to be enforced. We're going to have a clock scandal halfway through the season. A team's going to literally start a fight on the field because a strike or a ball should have been called, and it wasn't. But, because but here's what I'm saying. Literally, and then I'm literally going to say there's a fight because a grown man cannot adhere to a rule. Yeah. I just here's think what I'm saying. If the MLB is smart, they'll look at the NFL. The NFL calls flags on half the half the place and doesn't throw flags on the other half when they could throw a flag on every play. We saw in the Super Bowl they chose to throw a flag when they really shouldn't have thrown a flag. What I'm saying is right. they're not going to put themselves in a position where – they don't make the call. If they have to make the call, they will. But what they're saying is what we're doing this far hasn't worked by getting guys in the box. And we've been trying for 15 years to try and shorten the length of games because fans just aren't paying as much attention as they used to. Can I really honestly ask this question? Who do you know that doesn't like baseball because it's too long is going to start watching because it's 20 minutes shorter? I'm not saying it's the, the... the answer to fix every fan that doesn't like it because it's too long. But I'm saying like, even as a baseball fan, dude, there's times when I don't want to sit down in like June and watch a nine inning baseball game. I don't have three and a half, four hours to do that. That's on a good day. (laughs) But you got time to watch a three hour baseball game. No, that's, I mean, 
Yes, I do. That's, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> no, you just stop, Jalen. I'm just saying, I, I understand your guys' point of view, and I'm I'm for speeding the game up. I did like it. I did like watching it. You saw the pitchers work quickly. I think you're going to see pitchers adapt and get better at it. You've seen it clearly bother some pitchers just watching the Cubs. Like Adrian Sampson seemed very off balance when he, you know, just started. He he was running out of time, and he kind of stepped off, and he wasn't he – he realized, oh, snap, I got to get back on, on the mound and, and throw this pitch. And he ended up giving up a home run. Like, so I think you're going to see people adapt. So that's not robbing the fans of joy. That's giving the Japans more joy. No, that's making Cubs fans angry. <laughs> so I, I think you're going to see it get better. It's just like the, the early returns on it. And hopefully, like you guys said, hopefully these guys being highly paid athletes will just get in the box. And they'll be yeah. ready to throw on the mound. I, I think that's what the MLB is trying trying to do is say, hey, look, this hasn't worked trying to give them warnings. So we're going to put something in place. Hopefully we don't have to call it, but it's it's something there that we can call because we haven't had something that we can call. So we're going to we're going to bring back bring back Alan Selig. You know what I mean, man? Get rid of Manfred. OK, so real quick, who's going to be the playing. who's going to totally be the first playing. who's going to be the first umpire that gets caught in a clock controversy? Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez. <laughs> or Jim Joyce for blowing it's that gonna game be for one of Armando Galarraga. Could you imagine Joe West <laughs> with a pitch clock? Dude. Joe West would like, he'd be watching that clock more than you'd watch the pitch. He'd be calling it a second early every time. Bro, he would be a second early. Every <laughs> oh, 15 seconds, we got 14 <laughs> seconds, young man. And he, he'd stare him down. He'd eject people when they looked at him wrong. Like, his watch, his clock on his wrist would somehow be different than every clock in right. the world. Talk about robbing fans. Get Joe West out here. So I saw two of the most interesting baseball injuries I've ever seen. Actually, two of the most interesting sports injuries I've ever seen and in, in, that came across my headlines today. Joe Musgrove dropped a kettlebell and fractured his toe. This is why I don't work out. I, I mean, like, dude, flying kettleballs. What, what are you doing with that kettleball? Like, you, you just signed a hundred million dollar deal and you're just throwing kettlebells around. Like, come on. You know, the other one, the other one I saw was, a Roldis Chapman, fell down his stairs, and is probably gonna miss the next two months. Wow. Stop! Stop! <laughs> That's yeah, the most Aroldis Chapman thing ever. ever. We, we really lucked out with him in 2016. That Joe Madden been... ruined his career. What they didn't tell you, what they didn't <laughs> tell Chicago you, Chicago ruined his career. What they didn't tell you about that story is it was only two steps up to his front door. <laughs> <laughs> was this on the infected leg or no? Dude, he has had the weirdest like last three years ever. Dude, I, think he... that, I, I feel like this happens to Yankees pitchers all the time where they just have the, the most random of injuries and then they come back middle of the season, you forget that they were even on the team. And then they're talking about them like they're the savior of the world. But I rolled this Chapman I, is obviously I, not the I, savior I also of the world. think maybe this is controversial, but, you know, that's why I'm here. <laughs> There's this principle out there, this concept. Going back to Musgrove, you reap what you sow. Right, we all we all know this concept. My guy in the NL wild card series 
100% had some red hot on his ears against the Mets. Dude was for sure doing something he shouldn't have been doing. Are you saying this is like I'm not karma. saying this is karma. I'm not saying <laughs> what? I'm just saying there's a principle that the universe is ruled by saying you reap what you sow. He should have so, put some rosin, some illegal rosin on the, that hand hang on to I the, mean, the weight. That's what I'm saying, bro. He should have put some sticky substances on those put hands. Put some he spider tack on it. Right. Yeah, he right. might have dropped the kettlebell on his toe. Anyways, I'm not let's saying move, that's let's the move reason past why, Joe but, I mean, <laughs> but that's could be funny, wrong. Dude. I could You're be wrong. wrong. You're probably wrong. Uh, and the world is Chapman. I mean, yeah. I don't know. You guys still got me? Am I still there? Yeah, you're there. Oh, you're good. You're there. Okay, you're I think good. I lost connection for a second. Yeah, we're good. Um, you got all pixely on us, but you're good. Okay. To go to McDonald's. Yeah, bro. <laughs> go to McDonald's to get that free Wi-Fi. Jordan, you have no room to talk. We lost you for the first three episodes for like five hey, minutes each. And then Jalen was talking all that junk, and then he ended up doing it last time. I did. Just skipped out on us. I did. Anyway. I did. Suzuki withdraws from the uh, World Baseball Classic. Um, and then the other interesting MLB headline I saw today was Reese Hoskins and the Phillies haven't talked an extension at all. His contract yeah, ends big. after the season. That's big. Well, okay, real quick. Let's go back to the Seiya thing because you kind of just jumped over that. I saw something that was like, um, oh, man, I cannot remember who it was that had the exact same injury. Um, Yohan Mankata. So Yoel Mankata had the exact same injury last year, and he suffered it at the beginning of April, and he came back like middle of May. And he was talking about how, like, he came back too soon and all those things, and he, he was okay, but it definitely affected his game. So I mean, if that's what we're looking at with Seo, this like really affects this team. Like, if it's just a little bit of discomfort, then. Okay, that's one thing, but the fact that you had to do imaging on it, to me, is not good. Like, I think you could end up seeing, say, a miss the rest of spring. Yeah, I I don't think it's, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I think it could be an issue. I think the important thing is, he said he had felt some tightness in that area and then uh, took BP and, like, strained it more, I guess, is where the injury came from. Yeah. Um. So I think the most important thing is, you know, just letting him rest that out. Um, right. I mean, I'm just saying, like, for a guy that you know, I was I was really excited about Saya getting a full spring training in, or I mean, going to the World Baseball Classic, you know, playing against some some really good pitchers, obviously, and getting into the game shape and and getting into the season, you know. So I was really excited to see him play in that. So it just kind of it yeah. really sucks that stinks. It really stinks that he. Um, that he wasn't able to, to to get through the the spring healthy. So, and for a guy that last year missed some time, yeah, you just wonder. You hope that this isn't a trend, you know. For sure, you hope that it's not something that continues to happen. But for sure, last thing we'll we'll touch on before we get into some NFL talk. It is a bittersweet day in Blackhawks. Blackhawks nation. Patrick Kane officially traded to the Rangers after about a week and a half of being traded and then it falling through and coming back and going back. It was a mess, but it is official. He is headed to the Rangers. 
Um, I am a very fair weather Blackhawks fan. I can't name anyone on the roster right now besides Jonathan Taves. And I know he's been out for the whole season. So, but it's still sad to see. I mean, growing up, growing up being a a, a big Blackhawks fan and seeing them win those three Stanley cups, almost getting that fourth one. I mean, that was, that was a really fun time. There's nothing better than the Stanley cup playoffs. I mean, there's just not maybe March madness. Uh, the yeah, writer, the writer cup. I, uh, it definitely <laughs> stinks. I, I think, I mean, it, it was inevitable. Like he's been away from the team since Saturday, Sunday, something like that. It was definitely inevitable. He's been, he's been yeah. traded like 15 times in the past week or something. Obviously, that's <laughs> yeah. Hypo- hypothetically <laughs> traded. Yeah. Um, but it, it's one of those things. It's, it's the same thing with, with the Cubs. Like the reality is the, the stars that brought us, they're not going to, they're not going to bring us another championship so like i'm i'm he went to the rangers i'm happy for him i think he'll help the team yeah the difference the difference is between patty kane and the guys that we traded with the cubs is he's older like right he's 34 he's he's still he's still really really good and he's gonna make an impact you know yeah but it's not like you know we getting rid of kb when he was technically right. still in the prime age of his career or whatever. So yeah. this, I mean, it stings a little less and you kind of almost say to Patty, as much as it hurts, like go try to win another one, man, you know, yeah. good luck to you. So, yeah. Well, let's, let's dive into some, some NFL talk. Um, I'll, I'll start off with this stat for you. The bears for the 2022 season had the number one, Offense in opening drives in the entire Who NFL. Gives a rip? That's like the 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 stat of the Bulls have the number one defensive rating since January first. It's not translating to it's, wins, baby. It's an interesting stat though, because I mean, if if you're not scoring on opening drives, that a lot of times can determine the you know the whole environment for a game. Right. And well, so this I is, think yeah, I, I I think it's you know obviously we had the worst record in the NFL last year. So I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not Absolutely. saying that it's it's a great sign. I'm just saying it's one indicator to look at out of a very depressing season last year that we can look at as like, you know, hey, we didn't really have all our pieces in place. And there still is this one encouraging component we can look at. I think it is a great sign. And the reason I think it is a great sign is for this reason and pretty much this reason alone. Typically, the first drives of every single game are scripted. Right, like pretty much your first, like scripted by the NFL. The NFL, yes, absolutely. Arian Foster jumps in and he scripts them. No, (laughs) I'm talking like your game plan. Like you have, you know, the first handful of plays, your first drive. You you have an idea as to what you want to do. Now, what obviously happens on that drive dictates that a little bit. But to me, the fact that your team is coming out and they're scoring a lot of points on their first drive indicates good coaching. Now, obviously, as the game goes on, your talent is a lot less. So, I mean, you saw the Bears be in a lot of games and lose a lot of games late or be in games to the fourth quarter, you know, and then the talent of the other team just won out. Eventually, you're just not going to be good enough, you know. But to me, the fact that they were scoring that high of a rate their first drive tells me that their coaches were at least going into games with a good game plan which is drastically different than what we saw in the last regime. 
um, where it looked like we didn't have a clue what was happening. So yeah, to me, to me, I think, I think it indicates that their offensive game plan going into games has been, has been good. They just don't necessarily have the talent yet to, to keep it up throughout the course of a game. In my opinion, I'm not going to read too much into it. I'm just saying like, yeah, that's definitely, I can see, it's, it's something. I can see where it's a good, I can see where it's a good statistic to look at. I can also see on the flip side where it's not that great of a statistic to look at, just like playing devil's advocate. Like, to Hold me, on. that's time out. You play devil's advocate. Never. I know, I know, Stop. I know. This is, this is a shock for everybody. Uh, like, to me, the sign of a good coach is not just, and, and, and it's his first year. So, like, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, get rid of Iberfuss. That's not what I'm saying. Just, like, hear me out and, like, we can have a conversation about this. Like, the sign of a good coach is not just how they come out in the first half, how they Absolutely. come out in the first drive of the season, like, for the first drive of the game. Like, I would argue that a better coach can make in-game adjustments. And to me, that signifies that they can't make in-game adjustments. They they can get in the they can get in that's a, a signifier because the team doesn't know what to expect. You come out, you score, and then the defense adjusts. And right, then you're not able to consistently overcome your lack of talent. The other team is making. I it is lack of talent. I'm not saying it isn't lack of talent. It is partially lack of talent 100 percent that i'm not arguing that i think the bears we can talk to what we're in the face like they didn't have a great great offensive they had no offensive playmakers like i'm not i'm not going to argue that there's statistics to prove that they didn't um but it does signify a little bit in my opinion that the coaching staff isn't making the correct in-game adjustments that they needed to have been making to keep up that production. And I don't think that's necessarily true in the sense of like the bears were a pretty good second half team. Like they, why were they three and 14? Because they don't have any finishers. Like the bears were, the bears were in games. They shouldn't have been in the bears were in that game against the dolphins far longer than this they is like been. the take of like this Chicago Bulls team is missing. Lou Aldang. No, I so did the not Bears say needed, that. The Bears needed a finisher, and they would have. No, they didn't it. have. They didn't have the talent. They did not have the talent on defense or on offense to win games late. You, Justin, they get, think about the games that they were in. Who was doing it? All Justin Fields. Like he was getting no help. You think about the game against the Vikings. Don't he do throws, it, Jalen. He don't do it, Jalen. Just listen. Just listen. I I respect your point. I'm just saying you think about the games that that the Bears had a chance to win it late or they had a chance to go and tie it late. They're like playing the two games. No, like this is a small No, that's not true. Side. That's not true, Jalen. It's not two games. They were in if you want to look it up right now, they were in quite a few games where they had a chance late to either tie it or take the lead and because and they some also of were on in Justin games Fields, where they were also in games where they were destroying the other team let's talk about the lions game and they completely botched the end of that game absolutely that's not just on the players no but not on the lack of talent would you just let me make the the point that i'm trying to make you have a game against the vikings i'll give you specific instances they're they're driving against the vikings he throws the ball to uh smith marset he gets the ball and instead of going out of bounds 
He tries to run through two guys, fumbles the ball, the Vikings take it, kneel it out. Yes, that's exactly what happened. That Don't shake not, your head and know that, me. No, I'm not arguing that 100% happened. That is not solely on the player. That is exactly on the player. The player could no. have stepped. Watch the play, Jalen. It is It is not solely on the player. That And, and I'm not saying this didn't happen. I'm not saying this didn't happen. This could have happened, but that is on the coaching staff to relay that information. Look at the Chiefs. Let's look at a well-coached team. And I understand Andy Reid is a Hall of Fame coach, so like, it's easy for me to say this. You get you put the Chicago Bears team on an Andy Reid staff. This team is. Let me ask you a question: Is is Zach Taylor a good coach? Stop. Is Zach Taylor a good coach? Yeah. Verdict's still out. You're having a laugh. Going back to what I was saying about Smith Marset. No, the listen, biggest, listen. Biggest, I'm saying no. players players make mistakes all the time. What well, my point is, if that if that wide receiver is uh, a guy, Stephon Diggs, if that's AJ Brown, if that's a, a quality number one wide receiver, he makes the right play and he gets out of bounds. Then you have another play where Justin Fields makes a sidearm throw to Equinemius St. Brown at the end of the game, and it literally goes right through his hands. I'm saying that this team that, that was happens with every that happens with any number one wide receiver. Like, hey, real I, quick, let me let me jump in. I'm just the saying, Bears. Go ahead, go ahead. The Bears lost seven games by one possession. Thank you. That's in, that's which, including the which, Lions game. We should take out the Lions game. In which? Point. Okay, I mean, if you want to, it, it's still to. a one Wait, possession game. They gave up 14 points in like five minutes. Like. It's that still a defense, in That's it. That that actually proves my point that this team was was in games they didn't have the talent to finish games they i think it, it's it. a sign of both i Stop think it. It, it's a sign that they they don't have the talent there and i think it can be a sign of jalen name one bears cornerback right now bro you're telling me the reason the bears let's sorry reese i'm, I'm gonna let you talk i'm gonna you we've been talking a lot go ahead I, i'm gonna say it's it's a little bit of both i'm we obviously don't have the talent all around to win those games but i think when you have that many games, seven games with one possession or less, at some point there has to be some accountability for the coach. And I'm not saying it's all on the coaching. I'm saying it has to be a little bit of both. And I, I don't want to just take the middle road just to take the middle road. What I, you, have to, you have to account for that somewhere. We're giving Billy Donovan a lot of hate because over three or four seasons, he hasn't proven that he can do it, can do it with less talent. We have to hold the same standard. And I know it's been one season. I'm not saying fire Matt Eberflus. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there has to be a step up, and there has to be some accountability to that. I hear you. I'm not saying Matt Eberflus is, you know, Sean Payton or Andy Reid or anything like that. I'm just saying this statistic to me that they're they're leading the league in, in points scored off of first possessions to me indicates a good offensive game plan. And – at least to start the game. Now, when the other team makes adjustments, yeah, you you got to learn to make adjustments. But I just I I just can't understate enough. I mean, it's really hard to make adjustments when your talent is so limited. That offensive line can only do so much. You know, they weren't talented enough. Your wide receivers can only do so much. They just weren't talented enough. That defense, especially when 
a guy like Eddie Jackson or Jaquan Brisker and Jalen Johnson, and those guys are out and you trade Roquan Smith, like that defense got worse as the year went on. And then Justin Fields gets hurt, you know. To me, it's just like it's it's hard to say. It, to me, it's hard to blame coaching as much as it was so obvious that the Bears were terrible because of their coach last year. This year, it at least looked competent. It looked like an actual NFL team, even though they weren't good. It looked like, oh, you're at you at least understand that this is a football game instead of being Matt Nagy. That game in Cleveland a couple of years ago, or yeah, a couple of years ago, and Justin Fields literally got killed. Like, that's not competence to me. So, so, so let's 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 use this logic, okay? We're the reason taking, we're probably taking way too much time on this. This is we not are. what Reese wanted to the, do. The reason I'm the telling reason, the reason is. We can't put it on the coach. Okay, that's fine. In 2021, the Minnesota Vikings lost nine one-score games. Nine. In 2022, with basically the exact same roster, the exact same roster, the exception of a couple defensive players and a overhaul of their entire coaching staff, they won 11 one-score games. Yes, 11. coaching, coaching can yeah, make but, a difference, but your point there is, is true that coaching makes a difference, but you're also talking about a roster that is significantly better than the Bears. Like I hear what you're saying, and I'm not saying that Matt Eberflus is completely guiltless in all of this. With you that, that, I'm not disagreeing with you that skill is playing is a factor. I, I agree with you. I, I'm not arguing that. I just – it's not – entirely on the talent of this team. No, but it's like 75, 80%, I think. Stop. Oh if you look at that, if you look as I'm, far as go, one score, mad. let's go as time. far I'm as getting, one score games. I'm like sweating through this sweatshirt right now. Let's go. Dude, and I'm getting so worked this, up. Listen, this was one of the Get worst this dude good. out of here. Mute him. Get him out of here. This is one of the worst rosters in NFL history last year. Stop. Stop. They were horrible. One of the worst rosters in NFL history? Yes, and the Texans have been one of the worst rosters since Deshaun Watson. That's that's the that's dumber than me saying Brock Purdy. That is no that is one that is this defense was historically bad. Was historically Let's talk about March Madness. Let's talk about March Madness. That's not gonna get any better. Let's get this dude out of here. Let's talk let's go to let's talk about March Madness. All right. Let's let's move to Darnell Mooney. I saw today that he's he was seeking three years, three years, sixty million dollar extension. Do you give that to to Darnell Mooney? I put that in the realm of Derek Carr asking for forty million dollars a year. That's a pipe dream, bro. Three years, sixty million for a dude who has not proven himself. That's reckless. I like Darnell Mooney. I think he's good. I don't give him three or sixty. Yeah, I don't either. I give other, him like three or fifty nine. Other sure news down. around the league. I'm just gonna just gonna go real quick through these. Giants released Kenny Galladay. Uh, Jordan Poyer potentially leaving Buffalo. Kind of gave some hints there that he doesn't like living in New York and some other things. So he may be leaving. Uh, Carson Wentz was cut by the Commanders today. Darren Payne uh, got franchise tagged by the Commanders. Uh, Derek Carr met with the Jets, Saints, and Panthers. 
He's um, meeting with him this is, week. Is meeting with him this week. I think uh, he's met with a couple of them already, but he's like yeah. another meeting. This he's week. re-meeting with the with the yeah. Uh, Falcons released Marcus Mariota. Uh, Buccaneers are releasing Leonard Fournette. Mac Jones and the Patriots. We could see some some more offseason drama there. Um, reports of of him not quite getting along with with some of the team, uh, some of the other players and the coaching staff. Uh, and then last thing is you wouldn't get along with the coaching staff, and Matt Patricia was your offensive coordinator either. I I don't like Mac Jones. I'm not a huge Mac Jones fan. I've, I'm just saying. Not even his his play. I've I've heard a ton of articles of his time at Alabama, or read a ton of articles, and heard a lot of things about you know who he is as a player. He's he's just kind of not a mentally tough guy. I I read the report that they the the coaching staff got some instruction that they couldn't yell at him because he he couldn't handle it. Saying Tom Brady. Right. I was like, who is he to earn that? Like, that's, like Bill, that's it, it was dumb. It, we'll, we'll keep moving because I, I don't even know that that was like a valid article. Like, it was yeah. just so yeah. I, we'll, we'll move past it. I'm not going to give any credit to it. Um, I'm just not a big Mac Jones guy. Um, the last thing is Illinois defensive back Devin Witherspoon, potentially a top 10 pick. Uh, looks like the number one corner uh, in this draft, number eight overall prospect in the draft. So, pretty exciting news for a. For Illinois football, mm-hmm. as far as that goes, it was a you know really good season. Um, so, yeah. yeah, Devin Witherspoon is is the truth. He's he's. I, I think really, the only really reason good. he I think the only reason he won't go top ten is this is a pretty heavy quarterback draft in the first ten. It like all be. five, yeah. all five are projected to go off the board. Is and, so, and some some pretty good yeah. offensive linemen. Yeah. Um, and, and, defense, and defense, like yeah, defense so that would be the only reason. I still think he he goes in the first round. I think he has. Oh yeah, for I think sure. he's going to be one of the better prospects to come out of Illinois. Uh, I mean, he Joe should Hayden, be. I would say was the last cornerback to come out of Illinois that that did anything. He could uh, end up being a guy that like turns out being a steal because I agree with that because people like you know you're ch- you're taking an edge rusher or you're taking a quarterback you know, or a, a tackle because those are the premium positions in football and you need as many of those as you can get. But I could see him following to 13, 14, and you see a team that's sitting there at 17, 18 that makes a move up to get him. Um, then he could, he could end up being being a steal. So, yeah. Last thing we're going to touch where, on. Real quick, this. where do you guys think Derek Carr ends up? I think he goes to New York. I was going to say Jets. I think that would he has to beat uh, the Jets, right? I I actually think this is what I this is my true thoughts. I think it honestly is he he won't fall into place until Aaron Rodgers goes somewhere. Yeah, until because Aaron Rodgers says where he's going. If, yeah. if he doesn't resign with Green Bay or Green Bay doesn't want him back, I can see the Jets being in play for Aaron Rodgers, and anybody in the right mind is going to pick Aaron Rodgers at thirty nine over Derek Carr at thirty eight, like. There's yeah. no reason why. So, like, I think it, it'll be a while till he lands somewhere. I think but. the Jets are make the most sense. I mean, he's got young wide receivers there. He's got good running backs. You got a great defense. I mean, I think you'd be silly to go to the Saints or the Panthers over the Jets if you had right. You if you had the choice, you know. And Robert Sala, you know, seems like a really good coach. 
guys seem to really like him, like playing for him at least. You know, I don't know if that makes you a good coach or not, but guys at least seem to enjoy playing for him. So I think he'd be silly to not go to the Jets. But then the Jets just released a statement saying that they feel like Zach Wilson still has a high ceiling. So, and I don't know if they're talking about the ceiling of a basement or what, but it's not really, a, it's not really all that high to me. <laughs> Last thing we'll, we'll touch on this, this podcast and we won't go too deep on it tonight. Uh, I know I've got a long time and we're, we're going to do a special on this here, maybe next week or the week after Eastern standard time. We have 26 minutes until it is officially March and for me, and I think Jalen as well, this is like Christmas. I mean, this is the best. Already got the first two days off for the first weekend, baby. Bro, I am so excited for March Madness. I'm so ready for conference tournaments. We'll do a quick, quick little nothing, teaser. Nothing gets you ready for March Madness like losing to my Buckeyes. Shut up. You're 4-14. Four and 14. We're horrible, and we beat Illinois. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Back to I'm relevancy. Gonna, Back to talk relevancy. About, talk about making somebody mad. I just Ohio State's, yeah. a, Ohio State's talk, a football school. Hey, I'll take it. Back to relevancy. Uh, actual predictions for the tournament. Uh, Illinois looks like we're going to be somewhere between an eight or a nine seed, depending on how we finish off this season. Tough. Um, somewhere, somewhere between a first and second round exit is what I heard. That's you didn't, Ohio you're State's not even going to make the NIT. Don't even. I, Ohio State is actually playing in the, the 1A high school <laughs> tournament out there. Uh, in uh, Hey, maybe they'll run into Illinois' football team. Stop it. Okay, so if Illinois, if Illinois, if it started today, the predictions or projections have them in a quad with Marquette against Furman, Kentucky against Memphis, Illinois versus Pitt, and Texas versus Youngtown, Youngstown State. Um. Well, that's a sore subject for for Ohio State fans. We won't talk about that. We don't care about Youngstown State. Uh, who would you guys have in coming out of that that quadrant? Uh, I Furman. Mean, uh, the 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 Illinois fan in me. Furman. Furman's my mid major. The Illinois fan in me sees the potential of this team. And looks at that and says, we can win that quadrant. Like, there's, we can't. If we play, now let me finish. If we play the way we're supposed to, we can win that quadrant. If Youngstown now. State beats Texas. Yeah, that's right. what I was saying. <laughs> the right. realistic side of me, Texas has not looked good the past two games. No, but it's really hard to beat a good team twice. In that's what, yeah, that's what I was saying. We beat them earlier in the year. I don't really think we beat them again. If we they do could beat, though, they've shown that they could beat, beat them though. again. I hate that I'm about to say this, but like the college basketball fan, I can't deny the facts, dude. This pains me, pains me to say this. The best team right now in that quadrant, if I had to pick, Kentucky is coming out of that quadrant. They have looked. It's going to be Kentucky Marquette. I, I got to pick Kentucky. Here's the and only that, reason that, that pains me to say that because I. Hate Kentucky. Here's here's the only reason I'll disagree with you on that. Kentucky has looked really good and may be the hottest team in, in NCAA right now. Which pains Coach, us to say. We have it to, pains that, me so we bad. We cannot get home enough that we do not want this to be the case, people. Right. All right. But 
Kentucky th- is not good in in March. I mean, they've got a couple years where they have been good. Don't they have been good? Not recently. Not in the I last. Not in the last eight years. I don't think that's true. How long ago was Julius Randle in college? Stop. You're because that Julius that Julius Randle team was what an eight seed, and they made it to the Final Four championship game. Does that mean we're gonna say that? Uh, no, I'm just I'm just saying. In the Shaheen Holloway, St. Peter's Peacocks have had success in March because they made no, it. No, that's not what I'm saying. Come I'm, on, I'm, that's one I'm, year. I'm making the point that Kentucky has done it before as an 2015. Okay, so eight years. Eight years. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Good. Good stat there. I still don't. I mean, if to me when it comes down to March. Typically, and I'm not good at my bracket, so I always think I know what's going to happen, and I end up not knowing what's going to happen at all. Because you say dumb stuff like Ohio State is better than Illinois. I didn't say that. Aaron Shannon Jr. is not the best player on an Illinois team. I didn't say that either. Or the Bulls are missing Luau Dang, and they'd be in the playoffs. I didn't didn't say that either. the Bulls or the the Illini were better without Iodo Sunmu. Yeah, and I didn't say that either. So basically, here's what I'm saying. When it comes to March, typically to me, the team that I'm going to lean towards is the, the team with the best player. And Oscar's got to be the best player in that quadrant, right? No. No? Who is? No. Terrence Shannon. Stop. Yeah, boy! Terrence, Terrence Shannon. If Terrence Shannon played a whole game like he finished the game the other night, I guess who was that? Northwestern, Northwestern, then, yeah, Terrence Shannon can be. The fact is he just turns it off at some points, or they don't get him the ball. I don't know if it's coaching or if it's Terrence Shannon, but there's times where he just disappears, and it irritates me. Bro, this weekend was class. Like, listen, we should not have lost Ohio State. I don't even know why. No, they shouldn't have. I'm an Ohio State fan. That's a classic, big emotional win let down in your next game. Absolutely, coming off a all high. All the time in college yeah. basketball, all the time it happens. Yeah, I've got I've got Marquette coming out of that that quadrant, and I know Shocker, I know they're baby. I know they're a three seed. They still kind of feel like a, a long shot. It still feels like Kentucky or Texas are kind of the favorite. I know I'm biased. Illinois kind of seems like the third favorite to come out of that that quad. But I don't know if that's biased. I mean. It just depends on how Illinois they match up. Illinois, Illinois on their day. Right. I'm just saying anybody. absolutely, but they don't play like that every game. And that's that's, that's yeah. why that's yeah. why I'm saying they kind of feel like the third I team. Guess, I guess you could say anybody on their day could be anybody, but I mean I think with Illinois it's more true. Illinois yeah. has true final four talent. Like they they truly have the talent on like one through six and their guys to make a final four run. What one hundred percent. They were there, there were people in college basketball at the beginning of the season that were saying this. They, they were Final Four picks for some ESPN analysts. Like, yeah. they were saying this team has that much talent. They have the length. They have the defensive prowess. They just disappear. And, there and were that's teams, their problem. They're going to disappear in the tournament. There were guys. The there were guys ten games in the season that had Ohio State making the Final Four. Yeah, well, those cats. people were stupid. Right. I'm just saying, like, I hear what you guys are saying. To me, it's just like this team, they're just not 
to to make a Final Four run, you at the very least have to be a consistent team, right? False. So false. You have to be a team that can North get Carolina on. No. Was tr- North Carolina was trash last year until the ACC tournament. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's why they were projected number one this year, and the true North Carolina team has showed up this year. They got hot at the right time. UCLA went from an 11 play in seed two right. years but ago. But at what, at what point? Four. But those teams got hot leading into it. Is oh, Illinois, UCLA is Illinois if, if, is Illinois going to get hot going into this tournament? Is Here, here's what I'll say. Illinois not making the double bye because I think they're, they're pretty much out of the double bye for the Big Ten tournament. Could be the best thing for them. Agreed. Could be because they could end up playing a team that is far beneath them. But it also could be something that ends up killing them because for whatever reason, this team plays to the level of their competition. They get up for big games. Because it's a Brad Underwood team. It's what they They get up for big games. And then the fact that they lost to Ohio State, it was literally, I'm a a Buckeyes fan. And watching that team has been brutal this year. I didn't even watch the game on Saturday. I literally got a text from my mom, who's a big Illinois basketball fan. And she texts me and says, Ohio State's beating Illinois. I didn't even look at the score until like two minutes left in the game and realized, oh my goodness, we're going to win. That's how much I thought this game was was over. Like there's no chance that Ohio State beats Illinois. Yeah. But this Illinois team to me, just like you you just never anybody know, man. Anybody on any given like I hear you. I hear you. College basketball. Like it's yes. I I feel like like we had we had somebody who texted us, we have a group chat and they're like if this team loses out, they're in danger of not making the tournament. Like, that's absurd. This team yeah. is going to be in the tournament. This team will make the tournament. Hope I hope they're not an eight or a nine seed. I hope they get on the seven line. It looks like they're not going to. But I, I think this team, if they get hot, this team can make a run. Yeah. I just hope they don't get paired with a Eight eyes at eight nine seed because a one a one seed in the second round we all know we're going to play Houston and that's going to be horrible for us. Yeah, for sure. And you know nobody knew that Charleston was going to be a good team when we played right. them in the second round last year. You know, like you don't know these teams coming in, and honestly, you don't know how March Madness is going to turn out, and that's why nobody can ever predict it. Like, right? It's it's just so hard to predict what team is going to be hot. It may happen between the conference tourney and and March Madness. Like it, it, it might be something that happens in between, and a team just makes a run. Yeah, I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save my mid major pick for the next the next. Episode. Oh yeah, baby, let's talk about it. I also want to say before we head out, before we head out, it's a literal crime that Marquette is listed as no higher than a three seed right now. They yeah. should be on the two line. They should be in co- the conversation. If they run the table and win the Big East, they should be in the conversation for a one seed. Yeah. That's my opinion on it. That team has come out firing on all cylinders this year. It's a literal crime that they're a three seed right now. Like, that's absurd. I, I think I think Purdue, depending on how they do this week um, and in the tournament, they could fall out. I mean, they've, they've lost several in a row. Um, they could be a team that we see fall out. And then um, Baylor's another team. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how they're still at a number two. I mean, they're a good team, don't get me wrong. 
I just don't see how they're a two seed for this tournament yet. Agreed. So that's how I feel about Virginia too. I think they're still on the two line. Yeah. All right. We're getting into stuff we're gonna talk. Save it. Save it for the next time. No, I want to talk about it. This has been an hour and fifteen minutes. Let's go for two hours and fifteen minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up right there. Um, Maybe our next episode we'll 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 talk about it. But it might be a NCAA special. May wait till. Till conference tourney's over. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll see. Well, we thanks for joining us, guys. What? To wait until the conference tournament bracket is out to talk about about it. We'll see. We'll, we'll 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 discuss it. Anyway, thanks for thanks for tuning in to the the Gold to Go podcast where we have good takes, bad takes, and everything in between. Um, mainly Jaden with with all of the uh, the bad takes, but you know, hey, this is how it goes. All right, guys, thanks for joining in. We will see you next time on the Gold to Goat podcast. <laughs>